0: Do you believe that God designed us to live in freedom? Are you living in that freedom in your life today? As we celebrate America's freedom, I thought today was the perfect day to talk about freedom in Christ. Join me in the next few minutes as we break down four questions to ask yourself, to figure out, are you really living in that freedom that God has designed for us? Hey friend! Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective Podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Here in the States, we just got done celebrating 4th of July, which is America's birthday, our freedom story, right? And as I was celebrating this weekend, I couldn't help but think of events that were happening in the world that were transpiring that were also causing me to question, are we actually living in the freedom that God has designed for us? Are we individually, the woman listening to my voice, are you... Am I walking in true freedom that is only found in Christ? And so as I started asking God these questions and praying about it, he presented these four questions to my mind. First, before we talk about these four questions, and before we jump in, I'm going to make a plug, which I never, ever really do. <laughs> but last yesterday, last night, we went and saw the movie Sound of Freedom, and was phenomenal so this is my plug for you to go to theaters you can even get tickets that someone else has paid for if you can't afford the tickets angel studios is, is is um giving tickets for free as well they just want this message of child trafficking to be heard across the world but especially across our nation we are in such a crisis of child trafficking that it is just outstanding and i have been a friend or fan of Operation Underground Railroad for a few years now. And so I'm thrilled, like absolutely thrilled that this message is finally getting out. So this is your best friend, Sam, encouraging you to go see the movie. And I think it's appropriate because we're talking about freedom today. And we know that those children and people are not free. What does freedom mean? So of course your girl Googled it. <laughs> and I went to Webster Dictionary. And one is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. That makes sense, right? I feel like we, if we live in America, we are a free country. We have the right to act, speak, or think, right? But the second definition is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. And so, of course, you would probably be like, well, I'm not those things, are you? But I want to challenge you in this and we're going to talk about it because some of us are still walking around in bondage and we have to be able to say enough is enough and today I feel like that's that day today's going to be the day where you're like enough is enough okay so fourth of July it's one of my favorite holidays uh it is I love fireworks probably actually (laughs) more than my children like fireworks at this point like I just I really love it and I, it was a few years ago, I can't remember exactly when, but there was a few years ago where I was celebrating 4th of July, I was so excited, and again, I was presented for the first time, am I actually free? Like, yes, I'm an American citizen, I'm so proud to be American, all of that, right? However, am I free in the way that I hear preachers speak? Am I free in the way that I know God wants me to be, he's designed me to be, or is there something holding me back? Is there someone holding me back? Am I not completely surrendered or walking in freedom? And as I questioned and like questioned that, I talked to God. I was like, I think I'm good. Like, we're good, right? I think I'm fine. And gently, so gently, I will say gently and lovingly, He revealed to me that there were some things. There were some things that had happened to me and that I had done from a long time ago that just, it was it was literally holding me back in a way that I didn't even realize. One was unforgiveness and one was unforgiveness of myself where I was holding those events as like a sin dangler over my head. And I felt like I could not be good enough because I had done this thing and this thing had been done to me. Like, so... During that season, I figured out the answer was no, I'm not actually walking freedom. And though I was a good Christian girl doing all the things and reading my Bible and seeking his face, there was still this thing that I had hidden in the closet and I needed him to help me heal from and remove from my life completely so that I could truly indeed walk in freedom. And so I tell you this because I'm not telling you this as a third party. Like I heard so-and-so walked in freedom like this. I'm telling you like this has been... A life experience for me and this has been something that I have had to confront these questions and answer and present to God and then be healed from and I can tell you that the the other side of this these questions is freedom is healing is transformation is a deeper intimacy with him is seeking his face harder and just understanding the true love that he does have for us the goodness abundance that happens on the other side of this is worth every piece of uncomfortableness, hurtfulness, pain that might happen during this process. So I'm telling you that it's not going to be easy, but I'm also telling you that it's so good and so worth it. And I would do it a million times over if it meant that I could walk in freedom that I do today. Okay. So we're just going to jump right into it because I feel like these questions are going to speak for themselves. So the first one, Is there something in my life that's holding me back from trusting him? And maybe you're like me and you were like, no, I'm so good. Like, it's fine. Um, I trust him with my business. I surrender my life. I want your will. Yes to business. Yes to ministry. All of it. And I meant it. Like, I meant it when I said yes. I meant it when I was surrender. And then... And then he presented (laughs) this business to me and was like, would you like to take the Abundant Woman Collective? And would you like to run with it? And I was like, yes, instantly. Yes. Thank you, God, for entrusting me, for co-creating or letting me partner with you. But then not that long after, I was like me, little me. I don't have a master's in theology. I say um a lot. I have kids and a husband. I'm not good enough. What will people think of me? All of these thoughts came to mind and our mind tricks us and makes us revert back to our safe space because Getting rid of the thing that's holding you back is uncomfortable. And our brain, literally it's science, does not want us to be uncomfortable. It wants to protect us. And so these thoughts brought me back to like, "Mm, maybe not. Maybe I don't want to do this thing. Maybe I don't want to do Abundant Woman Collective because it's uncomfortable, right? But breakthrough is not uncomfortable. A surrendered life isn't always uncomfortable or isn't always comfortable. It's the enemy's job to throw us off track to feed us lies, to keep us down, to imprison us. But friends, this is not freedom. Being bound by these thoughts, being bound by something in your life that's holding you back, isn't freedom. So instead, I fight back the lie with truth, just like Jesus did in his 40 days and 40 nights, right? Luke 1.37 says, For nothing is impossible with God. That means nothing. The creator of the world gives you an assignment, You best believe he's going to equip you and prepare you if he's called you. So nothing's impossible with God. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. In Psalm 56, 4, it says, In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I learned that one when I kept being like, what will people think of me? what if i get canceled what if i speak too much truth what if blah 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 and the lord was like read my psalms child in god whose words i praise in god i trust and i'm not afraid what can mere mortals do to me and then i like thinking like that like mere mortals my god is so much bigger right john 17 17 says sanctify them by your truth and your word is truth so friends as i'm giving you these verses write them down rewind this write them down and hang them up if you deal with thoughts. Hang them up if there's something in your past that's holding you back and the enemy is using it to throw rocks at you, to stop you, to distract you, to tell you that you're not a good enough for the thing that he's called you to. You can't do it. You stink. But you know what I say? We're going to punch the enemy in his face. <laughs> and we are going to use John seventeen seventeen and sanctify by your truth. Your word, these words are truth. The word, the Bible is living truth. And so friend, I'm asking you now, is there something in your life that's holding you back from trusting him? Along with trust is surrendering. Surrendering to him. Trusting him. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to bring these things up to you now as you listen to this episode, which you're welcome because I do hope he does that. I hope that he brings up, hey Sam, when you keep thinking you're not good enough, know that I'm the creator of the world, the creator of the internet and of Instagram, and you can't actually do the thing I've called you to, right? I want him to bring these things up to you and I want you to acknowledge them because if it's holding you back from trusting him, then it's holding you back from living a full life of freedom. And that's not what we want today. We've already decided when you press play on this episode that we don't want this. <laughs> the second question, do I have trauma? or experiences from my past that I have not asked God to heal. Kind of like a little bit of my story in the beginning, and not that they were like trauma, but that there was just these things that I just held in the closet or the attic in my heart. And for some reason, I honestly forgot about some of it. I just, I left it there, sitting there, and I didn't remember it. So it wasn't that I actually knew it was holding me back. But sometimes trauma or experiences from your past, whether you've done has been done to you, you've experienced in some way or another, if they aren't healed, then you aren't completely free. It's still there and can still lead to bondage and the enemy can still use against you. So it's time to clean out closets. It's time to ask the Lord to reveal areas of trouble to you. Areas that maybe you were blind like I was and couldn't see. Areas or or gently, lovingly bring up experiences so that... You can repent of any involvement in them, but also give them to him completely. This is why I asked the first question of, do we trust God? Because if we don't trust God, then we can't move to this question. We can't not trust God and ask him to heal us and believe that he's going to do it, right? So we have to trust God first. And then we need to trust him enough with our experiences and our traumas. He already knows, but we have to be the one to ask him to come into our heart. Ask him to come clean house in our physical you know, house in our heart to clean out the closets and the attic. And instead of just leaving it empty, because that's not what we want either. We want the Holy Spirit to come in and the Holy Spirit fill those closets with your love. Fill the attics with your love. Fill, Fill my whole heart with your love. So there's nothing left uncovered. There's nothing hiding and there's nothing empty. We don't want empty places. We want his love to fill that. Does that make sense? I'm an imagery person, so I literally envision, like as I'm praying this prayer, I literally envision closets and attics and rooms and rooms that I don't want people to see and junk drawers. right? Ask his love to come in and overflow those areas. And then know how God sees you by memorizing some of these truths, you guys. Memorize this word of God even when you don't believe it for yourself. Memorize it. Receive God's infinite Complete forgiveness as a gift. It was a gift that was paid for on Calvary and is a gift that is available for you. You just have to receive it. It's complete forgiveness. Then give him the gift of belief and trust that he has good plans for your life. He's given you hope and he's given you a future, right? Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that. Memorize that if you don't believe that. Know his promises. In Exodus chapter six, verses five through eight, it says, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenants. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give you, I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. Friends, we have to know one thing about the Bible. If you don't know anything at else, you need to know that it's true. It's infallible. It is truth. You also need to know that what was true then is absolutely true today. If God made the promise to his people, you need to know that he fulfilled it with his covenant. And he he speaks, those promises are still true today. Freedom is given to you today. It was given to the Israelites. It is promised for you today. In Galatians 5.1, it says, For freedom Christ has set us free, stand firm. It doesn't say just believe that and then bye. Freedom Christ has set us free, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You always forget that part, huh? <laughs> when you get the cute little shirts of freedom has set us free. Go ahead and finish the quote or finish the scripture because it says, Stand firm. Therefore, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Romans 6, 6 and 7. We know that our old self was crucified with him, with Jesus, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. When scripture says we die to our old selves we're dying to the self before jesus that self was crucified on the cross with jesus and we get to walk in righteousness with him because of what he did on the cross friend that's any sin that includes the ugly traumatic scary awful horrible thing that you hold on to from your past the trauma the experience that includes that if we don't let go of it and let god heal you from that and his love come in then we're not truly walking in the the free, free abundance that he has for you, friend. And I see it in count in coaching calls, I see it in friendships and relationships and just conversations that I just it's it it sets my heart on fire. I don't know how to say that, but like, man, if we can just get healed from this, I see what the Lord has for you in this area of your life. And it is so good. And it is so God. And I promise you, it's immeasurably more than you can ask, think, or imagine because that's what the Word of God says. So this one is hard. Number two question is hard. It is, feels feels tough. It's probably going to take you the longest to answer and actually complete. But it's important. And it's going to be so good on the other side of that. Number three. Do I believe that God is who He says? He is and can do what he says he can do. Again, we've said yes to trusting and surrendering. So because of that, I need to trust God, but I also need to believe that he can do what he says he can do. Because sometimes, you know, like healing a paralyzed man, we might think, oh, that's for the Old Testament or that's for the New Testament or that's for this. But not for today, not for here in America, not for Sam right now in Tennessee. And that's poop. (laughs) That's not true. He is who he says he is, and he can do what he says can do. And as a Christian, I know it's a hard question because the first Christianese answer is to say, yes, duh, like I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Of course I believe this, but do your actions represent that we actually trust him? Do your actions represent that you believe that he is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do? Are we living that surrendered life or maybe, we have one hand surrendered, and the other hand is clenched tight because there's just some things we can't let go of, right? Not full surrender. I remember when we were going through it with one of the kids, um, I actually, three out of four, to four of my kids have had medical issues, and the Lord has intervened, and he has worked miracles. And um, this one in particular, uh, they just... Well, actually, all three of them. They've each had the doctor sort of put a death sentence on them. And and that's don't let a doctor ever do that to you. <laughs> but uh, I remember it was, it was the first time I was a first-time mom. It was my oldest. And she had stopped growing in utero. And she was so tiny. And um, I had to either do everything I thought I could or surrender her or both. But I thought at that point, I thought it had to be one or the other. So if you would ask me, do I trust God? Yes. Do I know who he says he is? Yes. He can do what he says he can do. Yes. I would have answered yes to all of those questions. But then when the heat came on and I actually had to put into practice what I was saying, it didn't go as smoothly as I thought. And so at that time, uh, she had stopped growing, and so they made me come in three times a week to be tested, and so they could hear her and see her and see that she was, she was still there and good and all of that. And I was about t- 25, 30 weeks, 20. I was, like, past halfway point, and we just had to get to 35 weeks. And so um, I remember going in three times a week to a hospital, which is stressful. It wasn't near me. I remember trying to do that faithfully trying to eat all the calories I could. So because I thought if I did, then this kid would grow. I remember trying to drink all the things, take all the vitamins, do all of the things. And you know what that really meant to me? It meant I was going to do this in my own strength. I was going to take the vitamins and heal my child with my body with what I put in my mouth. That is not... (laughs) trusting in God and surrendering all of it, right? Yes, you could, but my posture wasn't surrender and doing these things. It was, no God, I got this. You're probably busy. Like, let me just go ahead and take care of this kid. She's mine. That is gently when the Lord said, "Uh, she's not yours and I will take care of her because I have promised her to you. And we did. And once I fully surrendered, I can't tell you the release that I felt. Like, I just felt like, Like almost challenging the Lord a little bit. Okay, I read that you heal. So here, Lord, here she is. I read like, it's your child anyways. Please take her and heal her and let it be according to your will. That heart posture is a whole lot different than I'm going to eat all the vitamins. I'm going to eat all the calories and she's going to be fine because I did it on my own. Like, do you hear what I'm saying? It was a different heart posture. And so instead uh, instead of giving her to the creator who actually created her and everything else I was using behavior modification modification to strive and make it better for myself one day the Lord asked me this question do you trust me and again I said yeah duh I'm Christian like I love you since I was a little girl hello like almost insulted you to ask and he showed me and convicted me that my actions did not actually show trust instead it showed controlled listen to me again he showed me that my actions did not show trust Instead, it showed controlled. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. James 1.6, friends. Know that one. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah forty three two. The good news is God is promising that if we truly trust in him, he will be able to protect us and see us through life's tribulations. So, yes, this story for she's obviously 11 now had a happy ending. But even though that could have not been the case, I still would have been surrendering to the Lord. Right. Like the Bible doesn't say when you do this, you're going to have a happy outcome. Read Job if you don't believe me. But even then, I would have still trust in God. I would have still believe in God, and I would still know that He is who He says He is. The last one is kind of a process, but am I walking in sanctification? That's what the Lord gave me, and I was like, well, that kind of doesn't go. Okay, it goes. In the sense that we want, We already talked about the first three questions, and so we don't want it to just be an end, the end, all done, you're great, keep going. Instead, I want it to be a question, am I walking in sanctification? What does that look like? In Leviticus, they describe as consecrate yourself, therefore, and be holy for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statues and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Sanctification is really just a fancy word for set apart for God's special use and purpose. But God is the one who does the work of making us more like Christ. And we get to participate in that work by continually turning away from sin, repenting, and demonstrating our faith in Christ, we get to obey God's commands, not out of duty, not out of religion, not out of a checklist, but because we get to do it. We get to do it. The Holy Spirit is huge in this process. As we walk in the power of the Spirit, in Galatians, it says we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If it were up to Sam's own devices, I would be satisfying the desires of my flesh. But because I have the Holy Spirit power that lives inside of me, that loves me and convicts me. He helps me to do the sanctification work. It's not something I can do on my own. It's something that I allow the Holy Spirit to change and work inside of me. We pursue growing in godliness so that the more we clearly reflect Jesus Christ in our lives, growing in relationship and godliness, in our practices to nurture our relationship with the Father, but not to be perfect and not to be a checklist and not out of religion. But I've said this before, and I will say it until my last breath. The more we fall in love with Jesus, the more, the more we do that, like that's our assignment every single day to fall in love with Jesus more. The more that desire presents itself, the more we become like him because we get to know him, the character of him. We love him so much. It's not religion that makes us obey. It's our love for him and what he's done. We don't have to come perfect and clean to God. We can come messy. We can come stained. We can come bruised and beaten and he will still come and love on us. We can't do that for ourselves. We cannot heal ourselves. Like you heard me say earlier, I wanted to heal my child on my own strength. We can't do that. It's on him. It's up to the Holy Spirit. It's up to God. It's up to Jesus. And I'm just so thankful that we get to partner with him in sanctification. We get to become more like Christ. We get to live a life that's a set apart that looks different than anything else in the world that is different because we're not of the world. Right? I love the story at the well, and that is for a future episode. But in the story of the well, the woman at the well, Jesus gently calls out her sin and tells her everything I ever did. Jesus is like sovereign and sees the sin within her heart, within our hearts. He sees it. He knows our desires. And yet he still pursues us and loves us. He's not surprised by our sin. He's not surprised by our desires. But rather he seeks to reconcile us to the Father in spite of them. And for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And though and through sorry him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's Colossians 1, 19 and 20. Jesus saw our sin and was willing to shed his blood and endure so much pain and suffering for the sake of our eternal life. In Romans 5, 8, it says, God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So knowing that, knowing that before we ask our questions, knowing that he already knows our sin, he already knows our desires, what we've done or going to do, and yet he still chose death on the cross excruciating death for us so that we can be reconciled to the father. And then so we can walk in sanctification and living a life of love and devotion to the Lord Christ. And so friends, as we wrap up this episode, I want you to know I love freedom for America. Love it. And the cliche or the saying that says freedom isn't free. Yes, that is very true for a military and we've had military men and women die for this country, but freedom isn't free for your salvation either. It was a, There was a price paid for it, but it's a free gift that we get to have. We can still choose not to walk on in it and just keep doing what we're doing, but he desires freedom from bondage and sin. He desires daughters that walk with arms open, who have a sticky past and walk forward in her future, who has things that have happened to her or she's done that are healed and the enemy can no longer use against her. He desires to have you walk out your calling and purpose with that past, knowing that past, but he's given you a calling and a purpose and he's equipped you for it, knowing who you are and what you've done. And he wants you and desires for you to step forward in freedom, not in bondage and not in I hope this message finds you. <sighs> I hope it finds you desiring that for yourself friend. I hope that you hear these scriptures and they captivate your heart, that you seek the Lord's face in this process that as you ask these questions, you're humbly before him just just boldly and nakedly <laughs> and just asking him to help you with this process. This isn't something we can do on our own. And, but it's something we get to do with our loving father and he does it so well. And so I love you. I've been praying for this message for weeks and I just, I pray that it stirs women on to just run after freedom, full freedom. Friends, I also, before we completely wrap up, I want to say that, um, because of my freedom (laughs) is this ministry and uh god is finally saying yes to some things with the abundant women collective and i'm so excited and ecstatic that the time has come because it's been a lot of years praying and planning and one of the first things is um coming is a virtual event which follow us on instagram at abundant women co you will see all of the updates or head to the website and sign up for our email list and you will get uh, one weekly email and then like if there's important updates like this event you will see it's a virtual event that i'm super excited to launch very soon The second thing, though, is I have four seats left um, for our in-person retreat. It is the Abide Retreat. It'll take place in Nashville, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And it is for the women, the woman who is just needs a pause button. She's ready to take a breath. She knows that she has this desire to have a deeper, intimate relationship with the Lord. And she's so busy in the rat race of life that she can't quite get there. And so she's going to this event to get rest relaxation, beautiful friends and community. Some of my closest friends I met at a retreat um, and some of my biggest transformations also happened at a retreat. And then she's also going to get poured into spiritually. We're going to learn some things. We're going to learn how to abide, not just at a retreat at a pretty mansion, but every single day in our life. And so if this resonates with you, then head to theabundantwoman.co slash retreat and place your deposit today. I know these seats will be gone pretty quickly, but I just felt like I should share it to all of my podcast audience as well. And so friend, that is it. I am praying for you. I'm praying for this message to be heard loud and clear that he wants freedom for his beautiful daughters. Until next time. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus, and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.